Welcome back to the broadcast podcast. Myself, Nazir Sayed, and with me always, my brother, my co-host, Ahmed Bashar Sayed. How What's going on, guys? I wasn't here the last episode. Uh, hope you guys tune into that one. Yeah, the Taylor Swift one was pretty good. Yeah, we had guest host Hassan Abbasi. He loves talking about Taylor Swift, and it was good. I liked it. We broke. Down. There was a moment where he sort of went super deep, where he and was talking about happiness. Yeah, I think he surprised himself as well. Yeah, and. I would love to see that. Yeah. Love to see Hassan going full, like you know, profound. Once in a while, it happens, but when it happens, we cherish it. Yeah. So, what are we doing here? Episode number thirty-one. Uh, this is the last episode of twenty twenty. Yeah, it's a recap episode. It's a, a gratitude-filled, grateful episode. I guess we could say, okay. full of gratitude. Um, I'm so glad that we watched Soul last night, or whatever we watched it the night yeah. before. I think that's exactly what encompasses the entire 2020. Just that movie itself. Yeah, it was uh, no point intended. It was a soul-touching movie. It was. I was moved you by it. You could have done better than that. I, I probably could have done better than that. But uh, yeah, I watched it. And um, because I was... The reason why you watched it was because obviously we have Disney Plus. But yeah, yeah. Um, saw a lot of good recommendations. People recommending it. It was in a lot of people's yeah. um, best movie of the year list. Like top yeah. 10, top 15. And, and I totally see why. There weren't a lot of movies anyways to start with, but when you get a movie like Soul, it has to it has to make the list. Pixar never misses with these kind of things. Makers of Inside Out and Coco. Coco, Inside Out, Finding movies. Nemo, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc. Incredibles? No, not Incredibles. But still, like basically some of the best Pixar movies ever made. And then they come out with Soul. Um, I was listening to a podcast, uh, the Big Picture podcast today. And Sean Fantasy describes it in a really profound way. He, he says, Inside Out was supposed to t- tell you how to feel or what feelings are. Mm-hmm. And Soul was supposed to tell you who you are. And I think that basically encompasses everything, especially in a time of complete turmoil like 2020, where you don't know anything yeah. about yourself. Your, your former self is just the shadow of what you are. And your future self, you don't even know if it's going to exist the way you think it is. And soul was just like the perfect gift at the end, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, the gift at the end of the year, where you sort of sit back and you're like, okay, now what do I, like, what is my life actually? Yeah. I mean, the movie talks a lot about your purpose and your spark and, you know, why are we on this planet? Like, I think it touches based on existential dread to, to a certain extent. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we only, like, spoiler alert, like when, the, when Catch-22 Sorry, sorry, 22 comes to, to earth and starts appreciating small things, you yeah. know, a subway ride or somebody performing, um, eating pizza, you know, mm-hmm. having, so having joys. all your senses being intact. Yeah. Um, and I think at the end of the movie, that's where Mr. G realizes that, you know, my purpose, yeah, jazz is his spark, but his purpose is to just live every day and enjoy the little bits. This movie, like that, that part of the movie made me, um, recall about time oh yeah you know where uh, so in the, in the movie about time the guy has this time time traveling watch where he no he doesn't have a watch but there's this, there's this tradition there's a device the it's a MacGuffin where yeah. like the men in the family uh can tra- travel through time yeah so i mean what the guy did uh, with with that time traveling technique was that he used to live every day twice once with all the stresses and and, and, and everything that's going that's on at the end of the movie yeah and then the, the second time he lives it just to live it yeah but then he stops traveling back in time and he just lives every day once and uh he wants to appreciate little things the first time that he experiences it yeah and i think that kind of gave a really strong message wow what a strong message (laughs) yeah what (laughs) that reminded me of that meme which one of the principal now that's a strong message okay (laughs) 
Um, I don't know. You haven't seen the meme? Oh, okay. The the principal. Okay, yeah. okay. Grape. Grape. Yes. Grape. Yeah. That, that gives a strong message. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought I lost you for a second. Yeah, no, I thought just, I don't know what principal you're talking about. No, but no, this no. is uh, the Saudi school. The Saudi school one, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, th- yeah, watching Soul made me feel like there definitely is more than just like How did you feel about it personally? Purpose. Like, so it, can we say writing is your spark? Yeah, it's my ri- spark and my purpose. It's everything. Writing, but why are you mixing both of them? Because they, for me, they're, they're, they overlap. For me, it's a Venn diagram of purpose and spark. Like it, it gets me out of bed and then when I'm on the table, it fulfills my purpose. I think when I'm 80 years old and I look back, I'll probably be every single time that I've sit, sat down and written anything, I'll be like, yo, that's exactly what I was supposed to do here. And I'm glad I did that. And every, the, the regrets, I'm pretty sure that will come out. This is going to be funny if I'm 80 and I'm looking, I'm still doing a podcast. It'll be hilarious. But coming back through the, my memories, I'll be like every single moment that I haven't written, it was a moment wasted. That's what I think. Because eventually, ever since I started writing in like the age of 16, I, this was exa- it was the only thing that gave me proper joy. It was the only thing that I thought I was extremely good at. People around me weren't as good at it as I was on it. It, was, it came easy to me and I had fun doing it. Those are the three things that if you can like, encompass that, if yeah. that's exactly what makes you fit in, then that's exactly what you're supposed to do. I think you're pretty lucky like, if at 16 you realized, and I remember like, because we grew up together. Uh, really? <laughs> you would all, English was always your forte. Like you were yeah. always excelling. Like, I don't know, you, you got like B's and, and C's and everything else, but yeah. English would always be something that you, you know, excelled really yeah. good at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Eng- and I think, I think you're gifted with that writing, like short, like story writing ability. Yeah. Um, I don't so, know if it's a gift, but I really worked hard at it as well. Like reading a lot, writing a lot. But what I was trying to say is that you're lucky to find it at such a young age. Yeah. I think people I think sometimes so. have midlife crises because they're yeah, like, okay, life crises. What, what the hell am I doing here? What's my purpose? Yeah. They, they don't know what their purpose is. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with you. And the thing is, I'm so glad that I found the thing that I'm good at, which literally is a route to everything else. So like this podcast, we had to sit down, write it, what we're going to talk about, what we're not going to talk about. Those were plannings that come harken back to my like outlining days when I'm outlining a short story or a novel. This is, I take those skills and I apply it to the podcast, to my YouTube stuff, to article writing, to literally listening to music, critical thinking and stuff like that. Those theories, I apply to -to day-to-day life. Why is that person acting like the way they are? Why is he upset? Why is she annoyed? Whatever it is, you can go molecular and literally find out the DNA of the mm-hmm. and the root of the problem. And then it's when you're doing that, you're basically just reverse writing. Yeah. And it's single-handedly changed my life. Literally, like reading a book, I, I watch a movie, I all of these, like just anytime you consume any, art. Anytime I'm consuming anything, it's coming through the filter of a consumer and then a writer. Yeah. And I think that's such a powerful tool to have personally. And I think it takes one to appreciate one as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? You're yeah. right or not? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just talking about you. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, sure. talking about sparks and what gives you joy, I think for me, uh, like, it's something that's been very constant in my life is, is cricket, you know, watching, mm. playing. And I think it's so funny. We were just watching uh, the Pakistan-New Zealand test match. Ugh. And uh, on yeah, day five, there, we were just, we're, my whole family was sitting and we had some friends over as well. Um, our whole family. Our whole family was sitting. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and there was this guy who was like 80 years old sitting there at the ground with the stick. He could barely walk. But my dad's like, that's going to be you in the next 50 years. 100%. And I was that like, is gonna be you. that's probably going to be me. Because I think, I don't know, just I've, it's just been something that's been so constant in my life. And I yeah. think just like you said, like on, on, a, on a level of playing the game, yeah. I've always been above average. So it's something that I've excelled at. Yeah. Um, and I always like to say, like, when people ask me in interviews, like, what do you do outside of school? I always like to mention, you know, I, I play sports. Yeah. I have uh, competitive sports. Yeah, cricket. And, and I think captaining it as well. What I like to say is that cricket's taught me or sports in general teaches you something that no classroom can ever teach you. And that's how to handle defeat. Yeah. How to pick yourself up when you're down and get ready to, you know, dust off the dirt yep. and fight again. Again, those were the tools that you needed to go through 2020. You do. Because if you yeah. didn't have that, like a lot of people who... um like especially people who were acing at life pre-pandemic mm-hmm. felt the hit the most because maybe they had an ex- 
accepted or felt the way the loss, the way that the pandemic had enforced upon them. Yeah. So like suddenly they they were at a high and then they just shot down and then they don't know what to do because they hadn't dealt with a defeat like that. Yeah. You know, and it it, it it's your testament that you were so into sports that every time that the sports kicked back and you were defeated, you took that lessons from it and applied it to your own life. Yeah. And suddenly when the world was at literally at a standstill, you knew how to cope with it. Yeah, no, I think that the pandemic has, you know, affected all of us. I think it's going to be, it's fair to say that it has affected yeah. all, everyone and anyone. And um, of all the things that, you know, I've learned in 2020, I think one of the things that stands out or one trait that I am, you know, I'm happy that to have is, is gratefulness. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that you can take care of. We're here, we're sitting here, we're privileged enough to sit here yeah. uh, and talk podcast, about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest uh, takeaways from the pandemic for me was this podcast. Yeah, the We started it in 2018 because we love talking about sports. We love talking about cricket. Yeah. And then it took us places like we went to the World Cup, we, we uh, the Cricket World Cup. We, um, you know, like we met a few cute, cool people there that we made connections yeah, with. Yeah, and then we made connections with. And then because we had a platform like this, we were able to expand and broaden what we were okay at. Yeah. And I would say, I think we're, we found a sweet spot now where I think we're good at it now. To a I'd certain like extent. to believe so. Like, even going back and watching their Fan Janeja interview, I sort of cringe because I'm like, yeah. what was I asking him? But the fact that you cringe and the fact that we look back and we're like- I was only nine months ago. What were we doing there? Eight I think it ago. shows that, you know, we have grown. I think growth is very important. Especially in this time. That's what I was yeah. saying. So th- it was very wonderful to like have a platform like this to just sit and vent. Yeah. And then being able to talk to people like Irfan Janejo and my, Matt Whitecross, Ghazi Akbar, Usman Samyuddin. These guys who are prolific at what they do. Yeah. And then they were they wanted to sit with us and talk with us. And then literally having firsthand advice and wisdom from these people yeah. who've made it or who've made something of their lives. Mm-hmm. It was profound. I was like, like sitting with this monster meeting, I was like, you wrote a novel. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you wrote a book. A book, yeah. You're a writer. You write for Crick Info. I've read your work for years and years. Yeah. That's so, like, I would have never thought that this would have been a thing uh, at the start of 2020. Yeah, and I think a lot of people ask us how we managed to get these people on the podcast. And I think it's only them appearing on our podcast is only a testament to their kindness. Yes. And them going out of their way. Right now to, we're nothing. Yeah. And obviously we have plans and, and, and goals for this year, for this podcast, for, for our individual personal lives as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure we're going to hit the mark, but it's really interesting to see where this started as basically just us hanging out, talking about cricket mm-hmm. and literally lamenting the box and cricket team, which we still do. Yeah. But then it's become something like, hey, let's talk about movies. Let's talk about Tenet. Let's talk yeah. about, like, bring Hassan over. Let's talk about Taylor Swift's new album. And then suddenly we're, we're sort of at least trying to co- create a community where people want to engage with us and talk to us. And not just our friends, like other people as well. Yeah. And that's what happens when you get, like, people like Matt Whitecross or Rufan Zunejo. You get people, their audience that wouldn't necessarily pay attention yeah. to us paying attention to you us. You suddenly tap into a, a different market in yeah. itself. And it's so. great like, having those people um, just, just engage with you. It's so fun. Like, yeah. I love it. Like, I especially mean, on social media, which can be toxic. Just the other day, I was just uh, watching, like I was just, we got notifications for a comment on the Krish Fathlani podcast. Yeah. And there's a point in that podcast where we're talking about, you know, what to expect from university. Does it matter where you go? And I think Krish had some really great insight. And, there was a comment that said that thanks for talking about that. It helped me a lot with making a decision of where I want to go. Yeah. And I think I'm like, oh, that's, that's impactful. Right? Yeah, it is. Like I would never have thought that in 20, at January, 2020, that I'd be sitting here making uh, that kind of impact on people's lives. Just like, yeah. and it was just because we just were bored. Mm-hmm. I think that's so wonderful. Essentially. That's so. that's why one of my biggest takeaways is of just life is a, because of social media and your mobile mobile phones, it's it's taken away boredom. Yeah. Which has taken away space to create. Yeah. Like how many stupid things did we used to do in Karachi because we were bored? But then how many wonderful things came out of it? And same thing with this. Like just because we now have resources to do something like this, we just weren't bored enough to do it. Yeah. And now that once we were and we did it, 
now look at us. Like we're basic. We have a home studio. We have like this whole stuff going on. People want to come and sit with us and talk with talk to us. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, I think it's also like a great medium to vent. And I think of like in in the process of growing up, I think we haven't been able to like spend enough time with each other. Sure. Yeah, and like, it's it's gonna get less once we get older with exactly. like wives and jobs and other stuff coming up. Yeah. It's just gonna be like yo. Like this is why I appreciate the TPR boys so much. Like they, they have this really powerful friendship, the the three of them. And because of that podcast, they get to stay in touch Mm -hmm. and we get to watch their friendship blossom. I think it's so wonderful. Like I, that's why I love listening to their podcast when I'm driving or whatever. It's just because when I'm listening to them, I'm like those three. And then I'm the fourth dude, right? That's that's only the four of us. That's how it feels like. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I feel like this is what that is going to turn into. Or maybe even what uh, John and Hank have. Exactly. Know? So, yeah. The, the, that's green, very, the Green Brothers. Yeah. The, yeah. Vlog, the Vlog Brothers. The Vlog Brothers. Yeah. yeah. So, that's exactly what they have. And that's exactly how it started. Like, they both had a passion for nerdiness mm-hmm. and they went full throttle on it. And they're one of the biggest, they're the pioneers of YouTube. They started when YouTube was just a baby. Yeah. And look at them now. They have thriving careers, thriving ambitions, and they get to do what they want to do. I think yeah, that's wonderful. For sure. I feel like that's what we're going to, I'm going to put it out in the world, 2022, 2021, we get John Mayer on the podcast. Let's get it. That's, that's how we know we've made We're it. using the power of manifestation. Manifestation. Like we're going to put it out there and it's going to happen. Perfect. Um, we wanted to uh, do a yeah, year I interview. Notes. I have some notes. I just, hit me. not many notes, but just a, a series of things that have happened this yep. year. And I think looking back. If we get to get to live till eighty, we look back at our Inshallah. lives. I think twenty twenty will be a year, a standout year. It's a blip Not for only me. For our- if I'm being honest with you, I don't remember anything that happened here. Okay, I don't remember anything at all. I don't remember what happened. All I knew there was a. All I remember is that there's there was a pandemic, and then everybody stayed inside. And I read lots of books. It's like March happened, and then you blink, and it's not where here. Exactly. Today. I don't even remember what happened before March. Like I feel like October twenty nineteen. <laughs> Was the last time I paid attention. Okay. And then I've been checked out. It's okay. So let me just recall what happened. Okay. So this year, this extraordinary year in Mm -hmm. in this century, it started off with uh, Iran and the US having literally airstrikes. Oh my God. And then the the, the US killed one of their famous leaders and that became a whole- The military leader. I remember that. Um, Oh my God. What was that? Qasem Soleimani was the name. Yes. Yeah. So that was January. And then they had a huge ass f- uh, funeral for him. And we thought this is going to be the end of the world. World War Three. Yeah, World War III. I remember that. Nuclear strikes. Um, and then Kobe died. Oh my God. So, I mean, I don't, did Kobe escape this pandemic? Is this, is this a new conspiracy theory? Can I just be honest? I don't get affected by celebrity deaths. Kobe's affected me way too much. It hit hard. I don't know why. Like I had just gotten into basketball proper. So like I was starting to learn the myth of, because everybody hears about Michael Jordan. He's the best ever. So yeah, we knew MJ. But once, uh, because I I had gotten into Kobe a little bit and his, his, how great he was and he was the MJ of his era and all that. And then someone like that just passing away so untimely Mm -hmm. hit me so much. And with his daughter and his friends, I don't know why, but I still shiver and quiver when I think about Kobe's death. Yeah. To me, it still hasn't happened. And when I, every time I read about it, it feels like I've been reminded. Yeah. And I mean, it's that whole emotional roller coaster all over. Kobe again. was like an icon of our generation. Yeah. Um, and not just a basketball, yeah, but like he, his, his grit, his determination, and the way he played the game, right? Five rings, that's, yeah. that's no joke. Mm, yeah. Um, and he was a creative too. He won an Oscar for yeah. Dear Basketball. Like it's just a great, huge loss. And every time I think about that, that's just, he had so much more to do and his legacy will never truly appreciate what he was about to do. Yeah. I mean, a, a huge part of our childhood uh, growing up was just, you know, wrapping a paper ball, throwing it towards, uh, you know, a the garbage can, can and just yeah. shouting Kobe. Kobe. Literally in Pakistan, people used to do that. Yeah. So I I think he's just, it's, it's, it's a big loss. Yeah. yeah. I feel that every time yeah. I think about that. That's, that's weird stuff. Um, and just as we thought things couldn't get any worse, um, I think in March, well, well COVID Fort- cases began. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was start. I started hearing about it from Mohsen and yeah. Hassan from like, 
December. Yeah. And we, like, we were joking about it. I, I, I was joking about it. I sure. go to a school where there's predominantly a lot of um, um, Asian people. Yeah. And they were wearing masks and gloves. And I'm like, what? Wait, what's, what's in going? February? In, in January, February. Really? Yes. Wow. And by, by I think the first week of March, like half of my class was in lectures. They were just wearing masks. I'm like, what's going on? Why are they like going overboard? Really? Yeah. yeah. I remember that right? too. I was Nobody like, was taking it that seriously. Yeah. Because this is something that's happening far away. It's not yeah. happening here. And then it came here. Yeah. And then every, everything just shut off. It's when the, when the NBA shut off. Yeah. And then that's the day after that, the schools are like went locked yeah. down. It was the When the NBA gets thing. canceled, you know, it's, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the NBA got canceled twice that year, this year because, yeah. well, not canceled. They postponed some games because of Kobe's death. Mm-hmm. And then, the pandemic just literally shut everything down. It yeah. was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. I think nobody's ever experienced in, in, in our lifetimes, in this generation of people, anything like this. No. Right? The, the last pandemic that, that struck the world was the 1920, uh, the Spanish flu. Yeah. I mean, there's been small like outbreaks here and there, like with Ebola, Ebola and the N1H1. Yeah. But nothing of this magnitude. Yeah. And this is going to literally define the world for the next 100, 120 yeah. years. And this is not going to be the last pandemic. I, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, pandemics happen all the time. Like you can make Bill Gates to be out to be the biggest villain in the world, but he yeah. was right when he said five years ago that our war war is not with each other, but with something that we can't even see. Yeah, on and the TED this this pandemic made me realize that you know, um, it kind of exposed people to a certain extent. How do you say? Um, just I remember like mid March going to the grocery store and everything being cleaned up, like. All of, all of the shelves are like empty, yeah. especially toy paper. Yeah. So it made me realize that, you know what, what the Joker said in The Dark Knight? You know, when the chips are down, these civilized people will eat each other. And, you know, we, we live in a first world country. We, we would like to believe that, you know, predominantly there's people are more educated, more more sensible people here. Yeah. Um, but, but seeing all that kind of, you know, made me lose hope in humanity a bit. I'm like, what's going on? Why are we so selfish? Okay. Maybe that's your pragmatic, realistic, maybe even pessimistic self-speaking. For me, it was quite the opposite. I thought that, okay, yeah, the toilet paper stuff, that was dumb. Like, I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I feel like people came together. They started shopping local. They started buying, going to like their independent bookstores or, or, or it's, you know, they're, locally owned shops and shopping there and taking out from there, you know, giving out masks, hand sanitizers, keeping their distance. For the most part, people were complying to what the government was telling them, even though they don't really trust the government. And that's a whole different podcast of why that's happened. But I I felt the opposite of what you're feeling. Okay. To to most degrees, I feel like people were a lot more civilized, at least in this part of the world, at least in this country, I should say, actually. Not but there's, this part there's, of the there's also a huge, like, there's a big like group of people that are like, you know, anti-government, anti-anti-COVID. It's, it's a hoax. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, don't get the vaccine. You, you don't be a sheep. Yeah. yeah. You know? So I think, I, I don't know what the problem is with these people. It's, it's uh, the lack of trust. That's what it is. Like, What's happened is people have like sort of started living in their own echo chambers and they don't hear the outside noise. This is for both the right and the left. Like if you're a super pseudo liberal or super liberal, I shouldn't say pseudo, then um, that's all the information you're taking in. Yeah. And if you're a super right person, like you're, you're super conservative, that's all the information you're taking in. So if that's all you hear all the time and you don't hear the other side, then how are you going to change the way you're thinking? You're yeah. not. And so if one part of the government, of one part of public has lost their faith in the government, then they've lost it because they don't hear the other side. And that's why it's so important to stay in the middle, stay not neutral, but stay in the middle, hear both sides, take, because there are good people on both sides, yeah. super radical left and super radical right. You will hear sensible things coming out of both things. And it's you as a person need to decide what you want to act upon. Yeah. And this is why the whole anti-vaxxers thing is a thing. This is why the COVID is a hoax thing is a thing. Especially in our community, it's like a whole different thing. Like yeah. in our community, we it made everything is a conspiracy. It theory. made me realize that we're living in the age of information, but at the same time, we're living in the age of misinformation. Hundred percent. There's um, more misinformation than there is information. Like Twitter had to literally 
put out a fact check under every tweet that the president of the United States tweets. Yeah. Think about that for one second. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. Yeah. Well, it was his own doing and all that. I get that. But like the fact that there has to be these kind of precautions in place so the public isn't misled. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're talking about anti-vaxxers. What about this? It's a huge thing. Yeah. What else you got on the list? Uh, then I have life in a bubble. We got uh, NBA came back, cricket came back. Uh, we saw you know some some good cricket play in, in the UK. Yeah, um, Pakistan played some good cricket there too. Yeah, and I think uh, then the summer happened, and then the second wave hit, which was as expected. Which was expected. Um, and I don't know. It just I don't, I don't I feel like. North America, like USA and Canada, we didn't do and Mexico and Mexico. Yeah, we didn't do the best job in containing uh, the virus. If you no. if you look at places like uh, New Zealand and Australia, Australia, I was just speaking to one of my friends who lives in Perth, and life is back to normal there. Yeah, everything's cricket stadiums are packed with people. Yeah, but you also also have to realize that they're sort of cut out from the world, and there's they have a lot less population. But life is back do. to normal. So yeah, I mean, it's easier to control there. I'm not disagreeing with you. Like they did a hundred percent a better job with containing the virus at the border. Like if people were coming in, they had to quarantine. Yeah, it, it doesn't doesn't matter if you're positive or negative. You're quarantining regardless. Yeah, and that's something that we didn't, at least Canada didn't um, take heed to. Like I remember March, people were coming in from all these countries and they weren't quarantining. Yeah, at the airport. But the airport was like, it was a conflicting information from everywhere. And that's what led us to like this outbreak, mm-hmm. especially here. Um, it's a lot worse in some other counties. I'm glad that we're in Durham region, but yeah, it's tough out there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then so I guess that's just the whole year. Um, what, what happened with you on a personal level? On a personal level, I feel like this year was important in the sense that I needed a reset. I think everybody did. Once they settled down and realized, okay, this is going to be here for a while. Let's just take it a day at a time. It was important to find that space, at least mm-hmm. in my own head. I found time to, especially in the beginning, it was all chaotic. And then there, you sort of eased into it. And then you found routines and things that you liked. And like I started a YouTube channel. That was never going to happen if the pandemic didn't start. And I, I love I love doing it. I plan videos. I record them. I edit them. I put them up. I love it. I read a lot. I wrote a lot. I got into podcasts a lot. I was listening to podcasts so many times. I got into Call of Duty. That happened. Mm-hmm. On a personal level, I think I grew a lot. There was no stagnation. I wasn't put. I was moving. Yeah. And I think that was important. That was important because if I had stayed put, then I would have sunk. Yeah. Um, I think one you? of the other things that what about you? Okay, I, w- I want to touch base on you first, so we'll come oh back to God. me. Um, one of the big things that happened in your life, a big change, I would say, is that you you said goodbye to the Samsung family. Yes, I am um, now an Apple man. So like, um, no, I mean, we don't want to see it. We don't want to see it. Come on, um, come on, it's beautiful. Let I me, love it. Let me ask you something. Um, a lot of like this pandemic has it's made it's screwed a lot of people in the head. Yeah, right. Uh, from somebody who's looking at things externally, call it the bird's eye view. Yeah. Um, is it is it fair to say that you know there's or, or correct me if I'm wrong? Okay. Um, are you trying to fill a gaping hole in your life with oh materialistic things with the, the newest iPhone? What with, with the newest AirPod? Excuse me, because I feel like when, when you ordered these products, you were like the most excited person ever, yeah. and a lot of the excitement is in the anticipation. I yes. remember, like any any anybody who would ring our doorbell with the package, oh my, I feel attacked. Just by you my. would be running towards the door. Yes, like, is it, is it my iPhone? Is it is it was it what it is? Yes. Um, and then fr- from getting the phone to the case to the AirPods. No, what what is have this you an intervention? Is this did you plan this? No, but I, I was gonna say I'm gonna attack you though. Oh my so, god! So so what happened? Like, is there a gaping hole in my life that I'm filling with? With materialistic, materialistic consumeristic, the new John Mayer watch, okay. the, the iPhone. Um, yep. What are you doing, man? No, it's not. <laughs> I just want these things. No, it's. I'm not feeling any gaping hole. It's just that when you're, when you've ordered something and Roger says it'll come in a week and mm-hmm. it's been four weeks, then you start to get a bit, you know, you start to get a bit okay. shaky. The leg Fair starts enough. twitching. Fair the, enough. You know, your brain starts going places. Um, 
No, I don't think I'm trying to fill any void with materialistic things. I I've le- I learned very early on that materialistic things cannot fill those voids. Mm-hmm. Um, when I spent a lot of money a couple of years ago on just random shit, it didn't go anywhere. I still felt horrible. The thing came in. I was wearing it for two seconds, and I was like, "This is not what I was expecting. I don't like this," because that that wasn't what I was looking for. That wasn't supposed to fulfill me, anyways. It never does. Okay. Um. If, if, if you're talking specifically about the iPhone, I was just ready to move on from the monotony of a Samsung because I think it was monotonous okay. for me. This is even more monotonous. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing to do in here except for whatever I was doing in the Samsung. Just got to pay 40 bucks more for it. But um, it was just a move, a move I wanted to make for myself because I wanted to get away from my phone and social media as much as I can. And... I think it helped. I my literally my screen time went down from six and a half hours a day to three, and not I haven't even put restrictions on it yet, which mm-hmm. I will soon. But three hours a day, I think it's okay, and I want to make it down to like ninety minutes a day, hopefully. And that's that was my thought process about getting this. Yes, I was excited for it to come in because I felt like a kid again. I was like, oh my god, it's coming in. My Super Saiyan Goku is coming in. Yeah, that's what it felt like. And the John Mayer thing, it was. The watch was because I love Mayor so much that I wanted to incorporate him into my daily life so some way because okay. I feel like he's he's a modern day philosopher. He's amazing, yeah. and I feel like if I have something that's like him, then I, that philosophy may rub off on me. Yeah, that was the thought process there. Okay. The gaping hole has been filled. Just by the way, <laughs> there is no <laughs> there is no materialistic thing that can fill it. The gaping hole is always filled when I read an hour a day at least, and I get to put in my thousand words. Okay. When I make a but, new, but YouTube you know video, how human nature is, right? Once, once we get something, we want the next thing. Yeah, I've trained myself not to do that. So, so are, you, are that. you are you content now? For the most part, yes, I think I'm content. I'm zen for the most part. But the thing that moves me is that I'm not happy with. With when my art isn't appreciated or my when my art doesn't reach its audience, I should say, right? Like, let's say if I make a YouTube video and I've really like worked hard on it, I wrote the script, I shot this and that, and then it only does mediocre, like it does what what all the others do, then that kind of demoralizes me. And I'm working on that because that doesn't mean the video was bad or that doesn't mean my content was bad. It just means that I have to wait a little bit longer for that audience to find it. Because like with books, songs, any sort of art, the audience is isn't ready for it so first, okay. it's like the way to say it is that if you haven't made it in the arts it's because your audience hasn't found you yet okay. and once that happens then you've made it yeah right jk rowling was rejected multiple times because they thought they didn't have an audience for it and as soon as two of her books came out everybody was on board yeah and i think that's the patience game that i'm trying to learn yeah it's also with with content creation i think we take a lot of inspiration from ali abdal yeah and uh i do he talk and also Matt Develel, he did they all talk about slow growth uh and just being persistent and consistent um, yeah they, those two people helped me a lot realizing that thing yeah. what you're talking about the slow growth thing um hard work is hard because of reason and it pays v- it's ex- everything is exponential yeah so Right now, we're at the really flat end of the curve. Mm-hmm. Like both of us speaking about the podcast, about my writing, about um, my YouTube stuff, everything. We're at the flat end of the curve mm-hmm. right now. And the only thing that'll make the curve bend upwards is if we keep turning it out. Yeah. And that's the thing that I've learned. So I'm not even thinking about my next video going viral. I'm thinking about 80 videos from now, what am I going to be making? And is it yeah. going to be worthwhile? That's how I've trained myself. And I think that that virality aspect is... Um unsustainable it's, yeah like you'll have one one video with like you know whatever k views you're looking for but then that won't be consistent so what you're looking for is a dedicated consistent audience a community i was listening yeah. to colin and samir do you follow them on youtube who colin and samir no bro i'll send you their links they're amazing they're content creators as well in in the way that uh matt Devella is and all these guys but they make content for creators that's okay. their thing and they were talking about exactly what you're saying about um growing an audience not an audience a community yeah and this is exactly what i want from this podcast i want engaging engagement from people that love to listen to us yeah. that basically enjoyed us talking to each other and and then they want to come back mm-hmm. right so like right now we have no guests on so we have no pull but then they're still watching 
And then let's say we have a John Mayer on the podcast. And then the John Mayer's fans come in. And then like that synergy is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Bridging that gap between. Yeah. yeah. yeah you and that only happens with consistency, bro. You got to keep doing it. And I guess 30, it's not 60, even with podcasts, podcasts. It's whatever you're doing in life. Yeah. This is a common rule for anything. Yeah. If it's engineering, if it's accounting, if it's writing a book. If you're not good at calculus. Everything. Keep practicing. Literally. That's what I've learned. I learned it the hard way, but that's yeah. literally the key of success is that you got to keep churning it out. It's consistency. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but that's some really good insight. Yeah. Thank you. That's my job. What else you got? Um, just, I guess on a per, like you talked about your personal. How growth. did, how did this podcast affect your life this year? I wanted to know that. My life? Because when we started it, we only had nine episodes. Yeah. And this was our 31st. So we did 20 pods this year, which is not a lot. Like we should have done more in my opinion, mm-hmm. which we will hopefully do next year. But just the 20 podcasts that we did together, that's 20 hours of you and me sitting and talking to people or talking to each other. Yeah. How, how did you, how was that for you? I guess in the beginning, I wasn't just, I wasn't taking this as seriously, like as seriously as I should have. Yeah. Like we were in the beginning, we were, I was just venting my cricket. Yeah. I would like to think I have good insight about cricket. I think I'm you a, do. I'm a decent analyst. This is why I love talking cricket with you. Um. So that's how it began. Um. But I guess once like these, like Irfan Janage or like other guests came on, I was like, okay, I got to take this seriously. Yeah. Because this can actually go somewhere. Yeah. Um. And, and then once you started taking it seriously, how was it then? I think it was good. I think, um, you know, uh, the, the quality of our conversations have uh, propelled. Yeah. I love the one that we're having right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'm, re- I'm really proud to see that, to see where it's going. Um, and so, yeah, doing our podcast and then being into other podcasts, I think that helps a lot as well. Um, I mean, you, you are uh, the entertainment or the art that you consume. Yeah. So it's really important to be selective of, of what you are consuming. Yeah. Um, and as someone who, as people who are making content for other people, I think we need to give it our best. Yeah. I think the switch happened for you when you started listening to podcasts. Yeah. And because before that you were like, who's going to listen to us talk for an hour and a half. Yeah. And then you started listening and talking to people for an hour and a half. And you're like, this is actually worthwhile. Because I was listening to Kazi Akbar today. I think the podcast that we were listening on the TV today was basically, he was saying this long form podcast. Long form entertainment will always trump the masturbatory short form entertainment. Yeah, I'm not talking about TV shows. I'm talking about TikTok. Yeah, I'm talking about reels. I'm talking yeah. about 10 second videos that have set up punchline, set up punchline. That's never gonna sustain. But something like this is always gonna be like it's always gonna stay around because this is what fuels. I don't want to sound all mystical, but this is what fuels the soul, man. Yeah. When you sit and listen to people talk or you just talk to people for an hour, hour and a half, that's when the real meaty stuff comes in. Yeah, you're, 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 I think you're spot on, man. That's like, I couldn't have put it better myself. Um, and so, yeah, this year, it's been great. I think, um, the, I guess I'm, what I'm most proud of is, is, is uh, on a personal level, is um, finishing my degree. Yeah. I think I just, I, I want to do another a whole podcast oh, on that, okay. but you're, cause I'm, I still have ways to go to finish my degree, which is yeah. weird because you're the younger brother. I'm the older one, but everyone's um, on their own journey, man. Hey, I don't, don't I don't mind it. I don't really care about Barack having, was but, president at 50 or 45 or, and, and then uh, Trump was at 73. So everyone's on their own journey. Don't, yeah, yeah. Don't compare. I'm not, I'm not, but I'm, what I'm saying is that I want to know your insight on after how you, after finishing graduation and the whole four and a half year process that you went through. Was it worth it? Do you like it? Would you, you recommend? To, do you want me to summarize it in the most simplest of forms? Right now, do that, yeah. It's exactly how Matt Damon felt when he won the Oscar. Oh my God. We um, gotta, I'll link that link in the in the bio and for people. Yeah, so if you, if you want to know what I'm talking about, Matt Damon was on the Graham Norton show yeah. and he was, he was expressing how he felt about winning the Oscar on the very first movie that him and Ben Affleck yeah. made. Um, and I think that that, Explains it pretty well. This is something that I was chasing for a very long time. I mean, yeah. I don't want to undermine my achievement, but this is 16 years worth of schooling. It this is. is 16 years worth of waking up at 7 a.m., you know, going to school, being focused, studying hard, um, putting in your blood, sweat, and tears, literally. Getting into UFT yeah. and then like getting kicked in the balls so many times being like, oh my God, I don't like this. Yeah. And then like, I remember fondly that there was a point where you were like, I literally want to switch out. Yeah. I, I wanted to give up, but there's, there, there were times that I just, I couldn't, you know, keep doing it. Yeah. But that's where I'm like grateful of the people that I had in my life. Um, 
they literally picked me up. I, you know, it's it's kind of like I was in like Dark Knight Rises. I was in the tunnel. Yeah. And then I had some really great friends who picked me up and told me, you know, get your life together. You have potential. You can be something. You can do something. Yeah. And 100%. Um, this happened last year. So I, I set goals. You know, I have this whiteboard on my in wall. Your room, yeah. With all of the courses that I've completed and all of the, com- the courses that I have left. And every single day for the past year and a half, I would wake up in the morning, I would look at that board and that would be, that would be my goal. That would be, you know, that drive that I had. Yeah. I saw that. To just put that X on every single course. And um, I'm, I'm still yet to put the X on the last few courses. the results aren't in. <laughs> Hopefully I passed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I, I made sure that, you know, once I wrote my last exam, I, I took a breather. I took a moment to just soak everything in. Um, necessary. It was very necessary. Yeah. I'm glad you did that. Um, yeah. Like I'm going through it right now and I'm like, I, I've already trained myself to know that whenever this ends, the whole undergrad thing, mm-hmm. that that's not it. I yeah. already know that that's not it. My life is not in economics or marketing mm-hmm. to some extent, I guess when you market videos and stuff like that, but yeah, but I, I, f- I'm more in tune with the arts and I mm-hmm. feel like that's where my solace is. And I just cannot wait for this undergrad degree to be done so I can carry on with my life. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, one of the questions, one of the daunting questions that you can ask yourself once you're done your undergrad is what's next. Yeah. Uh, People have post-graduation depression. A lot of my friends are going through it, man. The thick of it right Um, now. And you know, know, uh, I'm very grateful for everything, but graduating in the midst of a pandemic, a global pandemic where people are being laid off of their jobs. Um, and yeah. unemployment in Toronto, especially, it's, it's it's peaked since the last ten years. Yeah, so it's not the ideal time to be. A, yeah, it a puts fresh things graduate. into perspective. I guess it puts you um, in a dark mood. Yeah, so I mean, it's it can that that what's next question can sometimes consume you. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, I'm not trying to overthink it. It's just you know. No, I think, I think you got a, obviously. I I believe in this wholeheartedly. I think you got a great future ahead of you, mm-hmm. and. I think as long as you keep doing this podcast, you'll be fine. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think you'll be great. Yeah. It's just a matter of time before you hit your stride and and you move forward. Um, so what's next? What's what's twenty twenty one? Before what we before goals? we get to twenty one, I wanted to talk about briefly, like a couple of minutes. Give it give it to our Spotify Wrapped. Sure. Um, do you have your phone with you? I don't have my phone with me, but I think I do remember uh, my Spotify Wrapped. Uh, my top five favorite artists were. Uh, John Mayer, of course. No surprises. No surprises. Uh, Coldplay, um, Snow Patrol. What were your top songs? Do you remember that? I do. I do. Top five, give me it. Uh, my first, uh, my number one favorite song was, my most listened song was Kabi Alvidana Kano. Why? <laughs> I just think that movie is underrated. I think that movie is trash. I think, no, Sorry. watch it again. That movie has aged really well. Really? It's That movie is way ahead of its time. Okay. Uh, and I think more Hot specifically, Kabil Bidanakena uh, is ahead of its time, guys. Yes, um, right here first. <laughs> the, the songs from that movie—I mean, uh, it's it's composed by Shankar Hassan Loi, one of the best composers. Hands down, they made Kalhonaho and so many other great movies. Dil Chata Hai. My favorite lyricist, Javed Akhtar, wrote that song, um, and it's sung by Sonu Nigam and Alka Yagnik. So you cannot, you can't go wrong. It was your most played of 2020. Yes. I'm just going to say, I'm, I don't mind saying Alvada to 2020. Yeah. Alvada means goodbye for people, who, for the uh, Anglo-Saxon fans, yeah. but I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, sure. Sure. My number one song was Church. Church. Yeah. By Coldplay. I think that's a great song. Phenomenal song. Phenomenal. Has to be one of the best Coldplay songs. And and when you add that perspective of, of exactly. I'm just Sabri doing the backing vocals. vocals. And it's so in the sonics mm. that you have to actively look for it that just moves me immensely and the fact that Coldplay gave him writing credits yes it's beautiful it's beautiful I love that 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 was my number one song yeah. of the year has to be mm. I mean I still listen to it I listened to it yesterday mm-hmm. like I love that song so much and that encompasses my 2020 I feel like yeah. when I'm hurt I'll go to your church Yeah, that was the slogan for 2020 which is I'm hurt I feel defeated, neglected, reduced to nothing because of the pandemic. I feel completely stagnant. But because of community, friendship, brotherhood, sisterhood, love, romance, I'll be picked up again. Yeah. 
That's it. I that was my message. I want to. I want to thank Spotify. Uh, for if it wasn't for Spotify, I would not be able to discover all of these fantastic indie artists that I, that we did. Oh my god, the amount of Indian people that I discovered. Omar Mukhtar. Oh, hands down, brilliant. Thanks for being on our podcast twice. Abdullah Qureshi. Soon come. Love him. Love him. Soon come. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, I know of Jain from India. Pratik Kohad. You're not a big fan, but they, these are some really good music. They, they, they make down. some good music. The band Bayan. Kashmir. Kashmir. I heard so much Kashmir um, this year. Yeah. I love this. Uh, thank you, Spotify. Thank you, Spotify. And yeah, um, I love the whole Spotify rap thing. I love looking at what people are listening to. Yeah. I love seeing what they've listened to like from people like Irfan Tunejo sharing his stuff to like my best friend. Yeah. It was just like, it's a good way of discovering new music. New music, well. what people are listening into. It really helps you determine what kind of people you want to be friends with. Because I don't want to be friends with someone <laughs> whose number one song of the year was Yummy. <laughs> oh, crap. Right? That's where I draw the line. Shots fired. And um, yeah, it's I love it. Yeah. So onwards to 2021. 20, mm-hmm. What are your plans for 21, man? You're done school. Is it going to be all work and no play? Is it going to be all podcast and no play? What is it going to be? What's 21 looking out for you? Um, I think I would like to believe that I'm so young. So I want to... Tr- you are young. I, let me just tell you that. <laughs> As someone who's actively older, older than you yeah. at all times, forever, <laughs> you are young. <laughs> Chill out. Um, I would like to try out different things and kind of really discover what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Yeah. Because when you're a fresh graduate in a brown household, a lot of people will throw a lot of free advice to you. And they will, I, this is why I put this here. Yeah. This, um, uh, the red buses from London's like uh, piggy banks thingy. Okay. Anytime anybody has some advice, you literally have to take them this in front of them. Be like, first give me 10 bucks. Yeah. Put some money in the can before you dish out your useless advice. Yeah. Because most of the time it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And, and it's just them flaunting, you know, their experiences of what they Imran Khan said this, right? Like every time you have an advice, pay me. Yeah. And then you get to say what you want to say. Yeah, for sure. And that's how it is. yeah, that's how literally it is. I feel like um, for the most part, 21 is going to be good for you. Hopefully. Yeah. I want to, I want to try, you know, it's different things. I want to experience different things uh, in terms of like work and career. Um, so that's something that I'm looking forward to. Um, and then in terms of this podcast, um, I'm looking to be a lot more consistent, engaged, consistent. Yeah. That's the same thing for me. Yeah. I'm just trying to like up, up the quality from coming to where we came from, from the basement up into the room with the equipment that we have, the lights, the setup. I think we've come a long way. Yeah. And I love it. And kudos to you, man. You keep pushing me and then you keep pushing this podcast as well. I like so, doing it. I love talking to you. I love talking to people that of interest. Like if you had told me literally last year, this time that Irfan Janejo and I would be friends, mm-hmm. I would not have believed you. Someone like Ghazi Akbar, you know how smart that dude is? We're buds. Yeah. I love, I love that we've, this podcast has given us, has allowed us to make those relationships. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of opened do- doors to a different realm of, of people. Of that, people. That and exist, like, yeah. even our parents are like, you when's your next episode? We yeah. want to listen to it, and that just goes to show that how much they appreciate what we're doing as well. Yeah. And um, so, what about you? What's twenty twenty one saying? Man, I two K two one. I'm I'm finishing up my draft. Uh, it's done. Uh, gotta get it hopefully published. That's what I'm looking at. Agents, deals. That's the thing that I'm looking at for twenty one. Yeah, that's a And then yeah. and then this podcast. I wanted to see. I wanted this to be the defining thing. I want the YouTube channel that I'm actively working on to be somewhere as well. Like these are obviously you have, everybody has resolutions and, and all that stuff. And like, these are all like materialistic and tangible things. But honestly, personally speaking, I just want to be the best version of myself that I can be in 21. Because I think I was the best version of myself in 2020. Yeah. And I want to be better than that. And then better than that. And hopefully if I have someone in my life, I want to be good to them and then good to my parents, my family, my friends, people that look up to me, people I look up to, all that stuff. Like that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. I think that's, that's beautiful, man. Like it's just, I, should, I think we should end up on that. Right? Striving for greatness yeah. and just trying to be better than yesterday. And take, wrapping it all together, take Soul's message, the movie Soul, yeah. and carry it forward. Yeah. I think that's the best way to live life. The way that he finds at the end, when he's on the piano, spoiler alert, and he's going through his thoughts, 
mm-hmm. that's the essence of everything. This, everything. When we look back, I will look not look back at the views that this video had, but what a great conversation we just had yeah. on the 31st, on New Year's Eve. I'm tearing up. There we go. <laughs> Let's get it. All right. <laughs> I think we should leave everybody on that note. If you've made it to this point, you have already cried a bunch of times because yeah. I feel like we've, the, I feel like when you're grateful, happy tears are a lot nicer to come. Mm. And sad tears are okay too, but the happy tears I like. Yeah. That's why in Seoul, when I had happy tears at the end, I was like, oh my God, this is great. Um, leaving everybody on this positive note in 2020 and leaving 2020 forever for good. Um, I hope everybody has a healthy 2021. I hope everybody has a positive 2021. I hope your dreams come true. I hope whatever you're striving to do happens. That's the last word from me in 2020. Um, yeah, just uh, try to be better than yesterday. Uh, and if you haven't achieved anything in 2020, that it's it's been a tough year. Yeah. You being alive 100%. and healthy and breathing, that's that's a testament to your to your to your drive. And I think you know it's 2020 is a year that a lot of us will not want to look back on. Nope. and that's totally fine. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's just never never too late. Just chase your dreams. Do what you want to do. Every morning, it's it's a different. It's a new chance. It's an yeah. opportunity. Um, it's it never too late to change, but it's always too late to not change. So I'm going to leave you with that. All right. Everybody stay safe. Take care. Adios. Salam. Shalom. Bye. Take care.